0: The Y'all Show, back with you for a whole new week of this all-Southern program with your host, John Rawl. We'll get to the headlines, an awful Sunday in Alabama, dozens, more than a dozen killed there from tornadoes. We'll have that latest on that developing story in just a second. And just a tragedy here in this time of year when we have these fronts move across the region. It just lends itself to horrible weather as we experienced in Alabama on Sunday. And unfortunately, we might see more of this in the coming weeks as we work our way to summertime. This is the show all about the South with your host, John Rawl. And we will be with you every day this week with lots of good information, a little bit more cheerful information, we hope, than what we start out uh, teasing here today. Coming up this hour of the Y'all Show, in addition to headlines, we've got hashtag hullabaloo coming your way. And later this hour, we'll have a Y'all Street business report, and we're actually going to have a guest here. Jeff Roush will be our guest, and he's going to come on and talk about his business of photography. And he's going to give us some tips, and you'll learn from Jeff maybe how to sign up for one of his online classes and learn more how to be a better photographer. And you don't have to have thousands of dollars of equipment. In fact, I'm going to talk to Jeff a lot about taking photos off your smartphone and what to do with those great photos. There's amazing stuff out there. Jeff Roush will be our business spotlight when he comes on later of this this part of Hour One. When we go to Hour Two today, we'll start it off with a review over the weekend. We saw golf, a newcomer winning on the golf that at least he'd never won before, and he has a connection to the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Go, you Georgia Bulldog fans. We'll have info on that. We've got a racing recap. We also will tell you about the latest in college sports and some coaching news from both college football and college basketball. We've had already a termination in the OVC, and the coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels had to be escorted off the court after he collapsed in Clemson, South Carolina. With a game there this weekend, so we'll have info on sports to start hour two, and then the teller of tales from Taca will be right here with us. Jerry Short, he is going to come on with his short stories. He'll talk about picking cotton, and we're going to talk to Jerry about Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday, as Fat Tuesday is just hours away. And then we've got Ash Wednesday coming up Wednesday, and everybody's got to settle down and, and live their lives the right way come Wednesday. But until that time, it's party time in places like the Big Easy. Jerry will be on to talk about both of those things, picking cotton and Mardi Gras, which is be, uh you won't be picking cotton in New Orleans or Mardi Gras, you'll be uh, destroying a lot of stuff instead of doing something somewhat constructive so we'll have all that coming up on today's y'all show just to give you a tease of what's coming up the rest of this week on Tuesday's y'all show we'll continue our CRS tapes where we go interview folks from Nashville and we are rolling those interviews out bit by bit so tune in for the latest chapter of that tomorrow also tomorrow we'll be talking with mr. fat Tuesday grilling wise Matt Herman's the barrister of Bodacious' barbecue we'll have a report and he'll have a little Fat Tuesday flavor to his barbecue talk on Tuesdays, y'all. On Wednesday, we got Precious Harris talking country music and also ACC info from Jonathan Lifite. On Thursdays, y'all, show we already have this booked, and we're excited about what's going to come on Thursday in Festive South. We're going to have Butch Helton come on from the Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Office of Special Events. And Butch is going to be our guest, and he'll talk about the upcoming Quilt Fest event taking place in downtown Pigeon Forge in a couple of days. If you're into quilting or you know someone, make sure you go ahead and mark it on your schedule to tune in Thursday to our Festive South feature and hear Butch Helton of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee's tourism office talk about the upcoming Quilt Fest. Then on Thursday, hey, we'll keep it in East Tennessee for a discussion about the Tennessee Vault. As Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports in Nashville. He's coming on to talk about the Vols, both football and basketball. And we'll talk to Austin about all things SEC when he's our SEC spotlight on the Thursday, y'all. So that's a pretty darn good week of info coming up on the on the Y'all show. If you want to reach us here, our number is 803 816 one one seven zero you can call that number anytime 803 816 you can text that number anytime as well our website it's y'all.com the new improved y'all.com check it out and you can also reach us on instagram it's at y'all show and on twitter at y'all show well as we told you an awful day in east alabama on sunday and i think that stretched into georgia as well in lee county that is where opelika also where auburn alabama is located at least 14 people were found dead after two tornadoes hit lee county on sunday afternoon that comes from the county sheriff there jay jones and that number could rise our people are still missing this is a developing story we'll have more info as the week progresses but the lee county coroner had to come in and and call in a state mortuary response team to Lee County. That straddles the Georgia line just north of Columbus, Georgia. It's where Lee County, Alabama is. Including in the mix is an 8-year-old girl from Beauregard, Alabama. She died when these tornadoes broke out on Sunday in East Alabama. So right now, the latest we have from the East Alabama Medical Center, they received more than 40 patients as a result of the tornado more expected and keep your thoughts and prayers with these victims in alabama and their families awful situation that's a lot of people to die in one outbreak of tornadoes and i'm afraid that number is only going to go up and these storms work their way across not only alabama but into georgia and more keep your eye i think most of you probably these storms have already passed but an ef3 tornado a half mile wide expected to have caused this problem in Opelika and Auburn, Alabama, on Sunday. Democratic hopefuls for president were in Alabama prior to these storms breaking out, but they were in Selma as they marked the 45th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey delivered a fiery speech Sunday to a crowd gathered inside a church in Selma as they commemorated the civil rights march that came known as Bloody Sunday. And Senator Booker told the hundreds gathered that it was a time to recommit to the fight for justice in America. And he said this at the Brown Chapel AME Church. Booker, who delivered the keynote remarks at the church, that was the starting point of the 1965 march, was one of a number of Democratic hopefuls in Selma to commemorate this march. You had also, I think, Hillary Clinton was was there as well as this guy and run for president, but he was on scene When this march happened a long time ago, John Lewis from Georgia, the native of Alabama, he came back to his home state, and he was nearly killed in Selma 54 years ago on March 7th of 1965 when peaceful demonstrators were beaten back by Alabama state troopers as they attempted to cross the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And that scene was one of those pivotal civil rights moments captured on television and on film and it galvanized support for the passage of the Voting Rights Act a y- later that year. Also, in Selma on Sunday, you had Senator Bernie Sanders, who was, he attended the 1963 March on Washington, and Lewis actually spoke at that event. And of course, Dr. King delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. And also, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, who hasn't officially announced his candidacy for president, but he was also in selma on sunday so a lot of contenders like booker and sanders and brown assuming he's going to run all made their way to dallas county alabama for the anniversary of bloody sunday and i'm reading something that actually the numbers are wrong on this thing the headline i said was the 45th anniversary but that's not right this happened in 1965 so we're more like what is that 54 years ago Fifty four years instead of they got their numbers reversed in the headline that I'm reading here. So apologies there. 1965 was bloody Sunday in Florida over the weekend. Did you see there's good news on the space front? In fact, President Trump mentioned this over the weekend as well as a sleek American built capsule with a test dummy aboard successfully docked to the international space station on sunday bringing the usa big step closer to getting back in the business of launching astronauts and this was all part of this dragon capsule and it's part of elon musk SpaceX company and i remember this thing i think it launched on friday and it made its way to this international space station and docked with a, a dummy not a real dummy a d-u-m-m-y this is a 27 foot long capsule the spacex and it went into orbit early Saturday. That's when it happened. Launched out of Kennedy Space Center with a mannequin strap from into one of its four seats in a dashing white and black form, spitting fitting SpaceX spacesuit. And the dummy was nicknamed Ripley after the main character in the alien movies. But, hey, we're getting closer and closer to seeing this Elon Musk company provide people's space travel. And remember, we haven't launched our own equipment I think from a uh, personnel standpoint, at least, since the space shuttles. I think I read somewhere we've been using Russia to kind of get our crew members up to space through the Russian space program. So good. this is good. And, and I think it's a public-private partnership going on between NASA and Elon Musk. But good news there from Cape Canaveral, Florida, as that successfully went out. Back to Alabama, we go in another sad story. This time, it comes from DeKalb County, which is Fort Payne, Alabama, and all that area. Authorities in that area have said that an 11-year-old DeKalb County, Alabama girl, who was reported missing Friday night, has now been found dead. This happened in the Mount Vernon community as Amberly Lee Barrett was last seen there. And according to the Sheriff's Office of DeKalb County, She was described as five foot one tall, weighing 98 pounds with blonde hair and blue eyes. And unfortunately, she was found early Saturday morning after an overnight search and she was found deceased. So we don't know all the details here, but authorities looking for this 11 year old, unfortunately being found dead there in North Alabama. Heartbreaking for the family and more to come on this developing story. Out of Loudoun County, Virginia, and the Trump Golf Club theres it's been accused of illegally cutting trees. This is in Sterling, Virginia, not far from D.C., and authorities are investigating where the, whether the Trump National Golf Club cut these dozen trees from the Potomac River shoreline and then dumped them in the river. Officials said that the uh, outlets said that removing the trees from the flood plain requires a permit, and the county is investigating where the local ordinance was broken. A river uh, environmental group called Potomac River Keepers said it received complaints about the dumped trees. Environmentalists say cutting trees can contribute to shoreline erosion and that the dumped trees create a safety hazard for recreational users of the river. The Trump Organization did not immediately return an email seeking comment over the weekend. The golf club faced criticism back in 2010 after it cleared hundreds of trees to improve members view of of the river this is a lovely spot just up the river from washington dc in sterling virginia and it looks like yeah, possibly donald trump's golf club i'm sure he didn't make this order to cut him down happen, but uh washington cut down a cherry tree and it looks like trump might have cut down a couple of trees along the potomac good news i guess but it's bad news that this headline is being read but the uh, good news is he's expected to recover Rock and roll legend Jerry Lee Lewis suffered a stroke and had to go to a hospital in Memphis. Jerry Lee Lewis, 83 years old, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He had a stroke on Thursday night of last week, but is recuperating in the Bluff City. His publicist said that no scheduled shows have been affected. The killer, who's known for his outrageous energy and piano skills on songs like Great Balls of Fire and Whole Lotta Shakin', He's scheduled to perform at the 50th anniversary of the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival in April, and his publicist, Zach Farnham, said his plans to record a gospel album soon remain intact. But he had a minor stroke, but expected to make a full recovery for Jerry Lee Lewis, who lives in Nesbitt, Mississippi, about 15 miles south of Memphis. But the hospital there is saying he's expected to make a full recovery, and we wish the killer... All the best at 83 years old. The only surviving member of that famous foursome from Sun Records fame. Good luck there, Jerry Lee. A suspect is being sought in North Carolina, and this suspect is accused of vandalizing over 60 cemetery headstones in Robbinsville, North Carolina. The Graham County North Carolina Sheriff's Office said over the weekend it's seeking to identify a woman who was caught on surveillance video near the Lone Oak Cemetery in Robbinsville. The sheriff's office said about 60 headstones were overturned, and the office is offering $500 as reward money for information leading to the arrest of this woman. The video appears to show the woman overturning headstones as she walks the cemetery and an adjacent church with her two dogs. This is just lowdown of this woman. I have no idea of the age of the headstones that she overturned, but... Probably a historic cemetery there in Robbinsville, N.C., and a woman now at least caught on video. That's good news. Probably won't take too much to catch her since she's got the canines with her, too. But just just out of spite, knocking over 60 headstones in this cemetery in North Carolina. In West Virginia, anti-Muslim signs at the West Virginia Capitol have drawn a lot of outrage And an anti Muslim poster outside the West Virginia House of Delegates delegate chamber, falsely connecting a freshman congresswoman to the September 11th terrorist attacks, has drawn strong rebukes from local and national lawmakers while causing the resignation of a Capitol staffer and the reported injury of another. The sign, which loomed over a table loaded with other Islamophobic flyers on a WVGOPD day at the legislature on Friday, it bore an image of the burning World Trade Center juxtaposed with a picture of U.S. Representative Yilan Omar, one of the first Muslim congresswomen ever elected. And the sign said, never forget, you said, was written over the Twin Towers. On Omar's picture, a caption read, I am proof you have forgotten. But uh, on Saturday, the Republican Party for West Virginia condemned the appearance of the anti-Muslim flyers and posters and the chairwoman Melody Potter said, our party supports freedom of speech, but we do not endorse speech that advances intolerant and hateful views. So more to come there on this from West Virginia as this sign really, really out of out of out of line there in the mountain state. A Mississippi man has been indicted on an eighty-five million dollar timber Ponzi scheme. William McHenry of Canton, Mississippi pleaded not guilty Friday in federal court in Jackson to an indictment, charging him with one count of securities fraud and two counts of wire fraud, and he's free on a $10,000 bail with a current trial date of April 15th. His lawyer did not respond to an email seeking comment. According to local accounts, the leader of this scheme, Arthur Lamar Adams, pleaded guilty to wire fraud charges last year and is currently serving a 17-year Prison sentence. The indictment charges that McHenry was a salesman in a scheme selling bogus timber rights for Madison timber, claiming investors were buying the rights cheaply from timber owners and then selling them at higher prices to lumber mills. Investors loaned money to Madison timber properties in exchange for a guaranteed annual interest rate of 12% or more, but in reality, new loans were used to pay old investors. Adams skimmed some for himself and used more, some to pay 10% commissions to salesmen, including McHenry. So that, that is a massive, massive theft there. If true, an $85 million timber Ponzi scheme coming out of the central Mississippi town of Canton and in Jackson, the state capital. More headlines here on this Monday. This is... A bizarre story coming from Camden, South Carolina. A circus clown who ran for Congress just last year has died in the Palmetto State. And 53 year old Steve Lauf died a couple of days ago, February 23rd. The funeral home there in Camden did not say how he died. He lived in Camden, and he played up his career as a clown for Ringland Brothers Circus when he ran unsuccessfully in a crowded Democratic primary for the seat of Republican U.S. Representative Ralph Norman. Loff's campaign site featured photos of the candidate in full clown makeup. His slogan was, Aim High, Vote Love." The newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, reports that Love launched his 2018 campaign saying, They joke that the president and Congress are all clowns. Well, in my professional opinion, they are the worst clowns I've ever seen. And again, sadly, at 53 years old, Steve Loft died in Camden, SC, who had been a congressional candidate just last year, but at one time was a clown for Ringland Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Isn't it sad that that circus no longer exists? I guess that's why this guy ran for Congress. He didn't have a job as a clown anymore. And Ringland Brothers shut it down. I think it was last year what a sad thing when that happened back to alabama and this is a mardi gras related story here on this monday before mardi gras a restaurant in the mobile area is serving a burger on a banana moon pie bun for mardi gras god that sounds great please please tell me that the loda beer garden there in mobile is going to keep serving this long after mardi gras comes to an end this week and Loda Beer Garden, that's L-O-D-A-B-I-E-R-G-A-R-T-E-E-N. That's kind of a German beer garden, garden is garden in German. And they created this, and it's, it's being referred to an almost famous moon pie burger. And this restaurant has two locations that the burger will be sold. It's going to end tomorrow. you got to be kidding me. They say that this delicious burger is a half pound of g- fresh ground beef topped with bacon Cheddar cheese and sliced apples stuffed between two banana moon pies. They're located on Dauphin Street in Mobile, also at 7899 Cottage Hill Road in Mobile, Alabama. This place has a reputation for unique burgers and surfers, offers up another southern specialty a burger. Made from Little Debbie Honey Buns called the Honey Boo Boo Burger. <laughs> I got to go to the of Beer Garden in Mobile. My gosh, this is something I got to bring up to the barrister when we talk to him on Tuesday. What an incredible addition. A moon pie burger and this incredible offering of the Little Debbie sandwiches. Ooh, boy. The Little Debbie Dude, uh, is that what it, honey boo oh sorry sorry the little debbie honey boo boo burger whoo delicious stuff here coming from mobile and finally this is another restaurant related story but this comes to us from atlanta uh, rapper young dolph his car was broken into while he was inside eating in, at an atlanta area cracker barrel last week and thieves made off with a roughly half million dollars worth of jewelry and other belongings my gosh I don't ever want to go to a Cracker Barrel again if they're going to steal a half million dollars of jewelry. And this man, Adel- Adolph Thornton, who goes by Young Dolph, he is out of Memphis. And he told police that the thieves smashed the window of his custom camouflage Mercedes-Benz G-Class SUV in the Cracker Barrel parking lot last week, made off with a Richard Mille watch worth $230,000 a Patek Philippe watch, costing approximately $85,000. Also, they stole two diamond chains worth a respective $57,000 and $27,000. this is terrible. I need to know which Cracker Barrel he went to, because I don't think I want to go to that one. Uh, this man also, Thornton. He's been the victim of crimes several times over the past few years. He has survived two attempts at his life in 2017 alone. After his bullet his bulletproof car was shot more than a hundred times in Charlotte in February of 2017, and then in September of 2017, he was shot several times at a busy Hollywood shopping center. And his fellow Memphis rapper Yo Gotti was later charged in connection to the September shooting, but. Uh, The news, not so good for young Dolph. He's still alive, and he didn't get shot in Atlanta at the Cracker Barrel there, but he had a half million dollars in jewelry jewelry stolen. Oh, my gosh. Bad news for this guy from Memphis, young Dolph. Better luck, sir. Hopefully the Cracker Barrel was worth it. We have got good stuff coming your way on the Y'all Show. We've got hashtag hullabaloo coming up. And before we get out of here this hour, Jeff Rausch will be joining us to talk all things photography. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl.
1: And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail?
2: Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Um, I'm away right now, (laughs) obviously. Uh, Leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or
1: something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper.
2: Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial...
1: There's free. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to
1: 84888. That's N-I-C-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or
4: stop to cancel.
0: welcome back it's y'all and it's talk with a very hardcore southern accent and i'm john rawl i'm sitting here in the captain's chair and we are glad that you're riding shotgun with us here on this all dixie program we got jeff roush in the next segment He's going to help you out if you want to take a good photo with your phone or with your fancy camera. Jeff's going to tell you how you can do that and what you can do after you take the photo. There's some really cool options out there. Jeff Roush coming up in our business spotlight. Something kind of cool. We're doing a Kind of local business person here and a, a regional business person with Jeff coming up in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. Of course, in hour two, we've got your sports rewind and we'll have Jerry Short, the teller of tales Taco Takapola, stopping by to talk some really cool stuff. Well, we start this segment out with hashtag hullabaloo from Sir William. Dun, 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 dun. Sir William is speaking, y'all, at Sir William Goes. And his profile says, what's happening? I'm Sir William, and I like to go. Well, I like that, Sir William. I, I knew a guy in Nashville that I used to hang out with a little bit. He was a lot older than me, but he went by Sir William. <laughs> and I don't know if it's the same Sir William, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. I'll give the, the, the Brits some credibility. I, I like the whole titles they have, whether it's Sir or Lord or Duke uh i need to come up with a uh, i guess my nickname is general but I, I i guess that's uh not so british i need a lord and uh, uh, something like that baron baron would be a good name too yeah but sir william puts on twitter another southern stable to had before going to cali chicken biscuit topped with gravy of course hashtag southern hashtag biscuits and gravy at south carolina oh i like the sound of that but what, what he put out on Twitter was a picture of a chicken biscuit and gravy, and that looks scrumptious. Now, I don't know where you got this, Sir William, but that's kind of a new thing for me, at least when it comes to breakfast time. I love chicken biscuits. Don't y'all love chicken biscuits? And I grew up pre-chicken biscuit. That's something fairly new, and I'm going to give Chick-fil-A a lot of the credit on making biscuits, chicken and biscuits kind of a thing in the morning time, at least. But adding gravy... Now that, that's something I don't even know if Cracker Barrel or not Cracker Barrel. I don't even know if Chick fil A offers gravy at least. I don't know. I don't think they have gravy at all. I don't know. But boy, what a cult Chick fil A is. They have that driving thing down the drive through. It's like, uh, it's something to behold and i kind of pick on them i I call them a cult but but boy they they do kind of have a cult i mean when a car even thinks about going in the drive through to chick-fil-a they got people out there ready to grab them they want to suck you in so you don't have a chance of changing your mind and going to another restaurant and this is happening more and more i mean you'll see the little note takers there'll be 100 yards from the window where you actually pay i guess if you pay with cash most of these people have the deal to pay with a credit card and they swipe it and you'll already have paid for it so if you decide to, to drive off at least they already got the money advantage chick-fil-a but sir william picture of your chicken biscuit and gravy i don't know where it came from and and i, I th- kind of subliminally said cracker barrel i bet you you can get a good chicken biscuit at cracker barrel and i know at cracker barrel they got darn good gravy In fact, they got gravy both ways they got they got black uh, the dark gravy and they got white gravy and i like it both and i bet you do too hey keeping the carolina them going here we've got a tweet coming from under the carolina moon at ut carolina moon and that my friends is a unique gift boutique which features an exclusive line of southern apparel lily pulitzer monograms and more you can go to their instagram account under carolina under the carolina moon on instagram also the website has it i saw something they put out on social media this week and the name alone is what threw me off from under the carolina moon they put a tweet out said looking for the perfect gift teleties are the answer and they had a photo and it looked pretty cool but i had not seen that word teleties and all my edumacation the word t-e-l-e-t-i-e-s i had not learned that question or what that meant But uh, I'm I'm not a female either. I don't quite understand women's fashion. Well, teleties have to do with women's fashion. Teleties is something that's made up of old school phone cables. And you can use these, if you're a woman at least, to put in your hair or on your wrist. And this photo from Under the Carolina Moon has orange ones that are on someone's wrist. And they've got them while they're holding an orange. Pretty cool photo. But these teleties... Like I said, I don't know if they're the actual old school phone cables, but they probably are. They look just like it. And according to the ladies out there, if you use a teletie, it will not leave creases in your hair. And it also doesn't get stuck to your hair. And it kind of if you don't have it in your hair, it wraps up around your you can put around your arm. It looks like a bracelet. So it's a, a great idea. In fact, as I said, Under the Carolina Moon put out looking for the perfect gift well, I would say more for women, teleties are the answer. I think it's a pretty cool idea. And I, I, I don't study up on women's fashion, but it looks like a great idea. Go to Under the Carolina Moon to see what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen a teletie before, and it looks like something very versatile. I love the idea. You can stick it in your hair if you've got long hair. And then when you get tired of it being in your hair, you can just stick it on your wrist and wear it as a bracelet. Pretty versatile and that's what the y'all show is all about finally here on our hashtag hullabaloo we will celebrate the south with a southern ism of the day this is a jpeg that somebody sent me it's it's a good old GIF jpeg and it's got the coke logo in the middle of this what's called southern ism of the day coke and below it it says in the south Meaning any carbonated beverage, including Sprite or Dr. Pepper. Yes, in the South, if you're a real Southern boy or girl, you just say Coke when you want to drink. That's just kind of standard stuff. I'm not teaching y'all something you probably don't already know, but you go outside of the South and you say, hey, well, what kind of soda do you want or what kind of soft drink you want? Well, now here in the South, we just kind of keep it simple and it's either sweet tea or it's Coke. Now, the Coke might mean Sprite or Dr. Pepper. It could mean Cheerwine. It could mean any of a number of great drinks. Speaking of Coke, they have just unveiled. It's it's out now. Check it out. It's a combination vanilla-orange drink that Coke now has out in limited form, but rolling out even more in the next couple of weeks. So that's a good thing. That's a good Coke for you to drink, even though it's technically an orange-vanilla combination of Coke. The latest drink they've had, I think, since 2007 so cool, cool stuff there coming from Atlanta. But yeah, we like our Coke, y'all, even though it actually might be a Dr. Pepper or Sprite or a Pepsi even. <laughs> hey, you want a Coke? And it's got the Pepsi logo on it. But hey, that's that's how we roll here in, the, in Dixie, y'all. That's, just, that's what makes us different, and we're proud of it. What makes us different, and in the South we have so many great places to take f- pictures of and, and just marvel at. And when we come back after the break, Jeff Roush, a Southern photographer, he's going to be part of our business spotlight here on the Y'all Show. He's going to maybe help you learn how you can take pictures and make a lot of money. But if nothing else, if it's more of a hobby, he's going to give you some great pointers so where you can take your photos and then just put them on Facebook, or you can print them out and everybody can marvel at your work. All that is coming up next here on the Y'all Show Talk with a darn Southern accent. Hey, you want a coat?
4: And caller number nine for one million dollars. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of...
5: Oh, I know this one.
4: Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of uh... Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number ten. gosh.
2: Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save.
1: Offer ends 4-15-19. First line is $100 a month. Lines 2-4 to free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Plus. Music it up to 500 kilobits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data prioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrict in supply. See dealer for details. GEICO presents unhelpful home improvement how-to's.
4: A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls.
1: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's
4: insurance can be. Rolaids presents The Heartburn Blues
3: <sighs> So the kids decided to cut their own hair today And somebody's ink pen exploded in the wash And family fajita night left me with the heartburn blues But Rolaids made it all fine
4: Rolaids starts working as fast as now So you can take control of even your worst heartburn Get your groove back with Rolaids Refers to acid neutralization Use as directed
0: we are back on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl back with you here as we get this week going. We've got plenty of great talk coming up in Hour 2. We've got Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. We'll also look back at the weekend in sports. But as we close out Hour 1 here on this Monday edition, on Mondays we often bring on business talk and i happened to be driving down the road the other day and i saw my first tree of the spring or early spring blooming and it, the thought crossed my mind you know that would make a great picture and there's someone who i've been promising to come on this show that i have not brought on yet but today in our business spotlight i'm bringing on jeff roush he is a commercial pro photographer and he is our special guest, and we're going to talk photography, some tips, and some cool stuff he's got going on in case you're wanting to know how to take better photos. Jeff, welcome into the Y'all Show.
5: Hey, thanks for having me, John. Glad and to be here.
0: Thank you for your support since we got started last year. In fact, Jeff helped lead me to my very first guest that came on. We That's had the, true, yes. The barbecue I about guru, yes. But uh, hope all's going well
5: with you, sir. Yes, it is. Thanks. Very well.
0: Well, as I said, I, I happen to be thinking of you as I do often when I saw that f- flowering tree the other day. And things have changed i mean you're a guy that let's say you didn't just start taking photos yesterday you've been doing this going back to the days of film yes sir and things are a whole, whole lot different and they continue to evolve in the world
5: of photography they do they do it's, it's actually been uh, an interesting transformation of you know most of the commercial guys like myself we were the specialists in the industry we were the guys that families would come to for mm-hmm. high-end portraits and You know, I personally do advertising work, which means I shoot motorcycles and boats and car parts and car calendars and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, with the onslaught of the digital revolution in the early 2000s, um, it allowed just the ordinary people to go to Best Buy or Sam's Club or somewhere and buy a decent, uh, you know, pro entry level kind of uh, camera. And a lot of people have. So, it's changed the industry. It's really weeded out the photographers. A lot of quit, um, because of the onslaught of the new photography that's out there. Of course, cell phones and iPads and every other thing now has great, you know, photographic things on them too. So, that doesn't help, uh, when you're trying to make money with photography. But, uh, so anyway, we've got all these new people out there and, and, uh, you know, over the past 10 years, a lot of things have happened in Tennessee. For one thing, for sure, is, the evolution of the photography club uh, programs that are now available. We have one here in Jackson, Tennessee. There's uh, there's one in Memphis. They're just basically in every major market, mm-hmm. and a lot of these belong to a bigger group called the Camera Club Council, which I'm the president of. How about that? Yeah, which is kind of interesting. But our job is to kind of help the clubs uh, know what other clubs are doing, offer them things to help them with their membership, offer educational programs. Uh, we have a couple of events every year, which we have one coming up soon in about three months in uh, uh, near uh, Crossville, I believe it is, okay. somewhere over there in the foothills of the Smokies. But anyway, the whole thing, there's there's a hobbyist element of photography now that really wasn't present in society 25 years ago, and it's a blast. We have a blast with it.
0: And Jeff, we have you on here today in our business spotlight because a lot of people do have a business just like you of taking photos for a living, and some of the way you've done that through the years has changed. Now, you instructed me when I went off to Arizona and Colorado at the end of 2018. I said, hey, you got any ideas of what I might want to use for camera? You said, hey, just use your cell phone because are
5: cell phones that good these days? They have gotten extremely good. Um, some of the techniques that photographers like me used to use to create imagery that had a certain look to it, like out-of-focus backgrounds, you know, oversaturated colors, high contrast, all this kind of stuff. Now there's a button on your phone you can push to do that or on your Instagram filter thing. It's it's changed dramatically. Okay. Um, so it allows the common, ordinary guy to go out and actually do some pretty decent work. Um, and, you know, the thing that's changed, too, is people aren't printing these things any longer we don't have a drawer full of snapshots at home like we used to have mm-hmm. they're all ending up online on facebook and social media platforms where these smaller images are just perfect they yeah. just they really do work perfect for for people to brag about their work brag about their dinner brag about where they've been you know show their kids off and all this kind of stuff so it really is it's a lot of fun
0: now Someone like me occasionally, when I take one of these good photos, even off of an iPhone, I want to print that baby out. Mm-hmm. I want to marvel at my work. Sure. What is your best recommendation on how to get take something from digital to print?
5: There's a lot of ways to do it. You can actually just walk into Walmart or Walgreens or any place and sit down at a kiosk and plug your phone in, and it transfers them, and you can make a print right there, uh, which my kids do. Okay. Um, there's also, you know, photo labs have that. Some of the pro photo labs have that now too. You can email your prints in and get prints made from your phone. Um, and they'll print up to a 8x10 or 11x14. Pretty decent if you're going to hang it on the wall or put it on the mantle or something like that.
0: What if you want something really done? Something that's going to last 20 years and look great 20
5: years from now? Then you just really need to call me. No, I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> okay. I, well, we've we got you here. We don't know, have to call no. you. Um, they will, they'll make a, a, a decent quality print. You know, the quality of a print, is not only the, the equipment used to produce it, yeah. but it's the, the equipment used to print it. Okay. And, you know, some of the drugstore printers now are using the big Epson quality, high quality archival okay. ink printers, um, which do, I mean, those prints you can hand down to your kids. They're going to last a long time. Um, some of the smaller companies are still using a regular digital printer, no better than what we might have in our offices. Okay. So uh, check into that before you do print stuff. Ask if they use archival ink if they do, you know, you take a, pic- a picture of your kid tomorrow at the Grand Canyon, in 25 years, you can give that print to him because it'll still be decent if it's printed on the right material. Okay.
0: And yeah. th- the Walmarts of the world, I was told by a photo snob a couple of years ago, Walmart
5: has some of the best f- print for, t- print they, for photos out They do a decent job. Yes, they do. And, s- and so does Walgreens. Okay. Um, you know, I send a lot of my students um, who take my online course to Walgreens because <clears throat> their prints are inexpensive okay. and they're quick. All right. So we're
0: talking with Jeff Roush here in our business spotlight. Perhaps you're a a professional photographer. Maybe you're a commercial pro photographer like Jeff, or you're just a guy or gal who likes to take photos of your kids or your friends and share them online. We're here to maybe help you in that effort. Jeff, you mentioned some online classes that you're going to be teaching here. Tell us Mm -hmm. about that.
5: Well, I've had an online educational program um, for about 20, almost 20 years now um, where somebody that does have a decent camera, a pro entry level kind of camera wants to learn to do better. Um, and it's a, I have it online. It's a very simple thing. As far as the computer goes to take, you don't have to be a computer genius to be able to take the course. You just have to be able to do email. Okay. Um, uh, but I have a number of courses for beginners. I have a kind of a mediocre course about learning lighting. Um, you know, um, I have another pro course, which Teaches people to do studio lighting, oh. which involves getting strobe lights and all that kind of stuff. Um, they range anywhere from you know a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, depending on what you want and really what your goals are. Um, you know, most people, interestingly enough, just want to be able to do decent pictures of their family, maybe their kids or their grandkids, or maybe they're a car show buff, or maybe they like to go to the races, or they like to do. Everybody has their little niche. And everybody seems to have some type of a creative need, an artistic need to, to make images. We all want to do that. And we all want to be better than the guy sitting next to us. So mm-hmm. a course like this can push you to that level. It can make you better than the other people. I kid all my students. I say, you know, when you post these pictures on Facebook, you want your stuff to be the stuff that people look at and go, wow, they're really good. Did you see that? pictures she shot at the horse race or Mm -hmm. at the ball diamond or at the soccer game. You know, everybody wants that accolade from their peers. And uh, these courses will get that for you. And again, you can be anywhere in the world to participate in this your is all class. all online. Yes, oh. sir. I've got, believe it or not, I have, actually, I have some language barrier problems with some people in the Middle East that have seen the site and have seen my work. And they're like, man, I want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's it's something that can be done anywhere in the world.
0: The website to learn more about Jeff Roush and his instructional classes on taking photos, it's Roush, R-O-U-S-H photoeducation.com. That's correct. And to see some of Jeff's great work, you can go to yes, sir. and check all that out. Again, I'm trying to simplify things here today. We love our professional cameras out there that everybody can go spend a couple hundred dollars at least on and use. Not Not only now for our photos, but people use them for video purposes. And I love that look. Just about everybody now has some kind of smartphone. So you can go through your... Uh, course and learn how to improve those photos. Yes. And you also can just learn so much by some of the basic tricks. And one thing I think a lot of people don't realize, I heard you mention about lighting, how important lighting is. Even
5: on an iPhone, you need to have as much light as possible to help your photo out. That's right. You know, and the smallest amount of education when it comes to understanding light goes a hundred miles when you're trying to learn to be a better photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone to a lot of art shows and have done little free seminars on cell phone photography where I've taken a simple flower and walked around on a picnic table outside, you know, and, and walked under a canopy and walked in the shade of a tree and walked out in the direct sun and taken all these different pictures of it. They're all different. They're all uniquely different. And one of those you're going to look at and go, wow, that's what I want to be able to do. Um, but, you know, being, understanding that you do have those options is something people don't think about. You know, as, a, as a photographer, that's what we do. We think about that before we pick up a camera. The ordinary person thinks, Oh, look at that beautiful flower. And they pick their camera up where they're standing. They never move mm-hmm. and they take a snapshot and they wonder why it doesn't look as good as someone like myself or another pro might do. You know, the other thing that's, that, that the course really helps you with is the artistic side of all of this. You know, there's a technical knowledge. Uh, you know, grouping of things we have to learn. But there's also then the artistic part. The artistic part is what motivates us to buy cameras because we want to be able to produce images. We get the new camera and we discover that we can't really do any better with it than we did with our $50 camera because we haven't studied the artistic side of this enough. We know it's there. We know it's in our head, but we don't know where to go with all that to really melt those two together somehow. And uh, taking a serious photo course will help you melt together the artistic creativity in your head and the technical stuff about your camera so that you actually have full control over both. That's when it gets fun.
0: All right. Well, we've covered all the technical stuff and we've got more to learn from you, Jeff. Again, the website to go to is roushphotoeducation.com. All right. Before we let you out of here, I know just like me, you go all over the Southeast with your travels. (laughs) So give us a good place or two you would recommend that's very photogenic.
5: Realfoot Foot Lake is beautiful uh, in the spring and okay. in the fall. Um, you know, there's all kinds of exciting things up there with Bird Fest. There's an Eagle Fest. Um, there's Eagle Nests. There's, yeah. there's photographers that do Eagle Tours.
0: And that's on the border with Tennessee and Kentucky. Yes,
5: and, and, and the Missouri Boot Hill. Yes. Um the area of Crossville and Cookville on the other side of Nashville is absolutely spectacular. The waterfall tours over there. If you've never done that as a photographer, you've got to do it. It has to be on your bucket list. And those things are right in the middle of, of Tennessee. You know, a few miles east of that is you get into the Smoky Mountains, you get into the, the rapids, the fast water, you know, all kinds of beautiful scenes. It's all over there, the mountains. What if we want to go a little warmer? What do you recommend? Well, we just did a, I just did a workshop in Panama City. Um, which, unfortunately, a lot of it was knocked down in the last hurricane. But um, the state park down there and along that shoreline from Panama City Beach south is absolutely spectacular. We're talking down to Apalachicola area and all yes, that? Yes, okay. yes. I mean, if you really want to go on a photo safari trip with yourself or with some friends, uh, those are the places to go around here that are within a day's drive.
0: Awesome. Well, Jeff Roush has been our special guest, and this is the Y'all Business Spotlight, and we encourage you to check out Jeff's business. But, hey, if you're a photographer, if you make money at it, or you just do it because you love it, We hopefully have taught you a little something extra about photography here today. And take the picture. It's getting a little bit nicer out there to run outside and take some photos as we warm up for spring. We hope you will do that. And, hey, maybe we can thank the Y'all Show slash Jeff Roush if you indeed take better pictures here in 2019. Jeff, thank you very much.
5: John, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, that will conclude Hour 1. When we come back in Hour 2, we'll look back at the weekend and sports including PGA Tour Golf. Plus, we've got the Teller of Tales from Polo lined up and coming your way. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. And now, a
1: quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.
0: second hour of this Monday Y'all Show with John Rawl is back with you here. Hope you're doing well. It's almost Fat Tuesday time. We've got Jerry Short coming up in the next segment, and I promise we're going to talk a little Fat Tuesday and more with the teller of tales from Takapola when he drops by here on the Y'all Show. If you want to connect to us here, our number to do that, you can text or call 803-816-1170. We'd love to hear from you here on the Y'all Show. And right now, we start off this second hour with a look at the weekend in sports. And we're going to start from spring training. And from spring training, we go from a headline from the Texas Rangers. They're working it hard in Scottsdale, Arizona right now, getting ready for the start of Major League Baseball. And right-handed pitcher Luke Farrell had his jaw broken by a line drive during a game against the San Francisco Giants on Saturday. And he's going to be out after suffering a fractured jaw. So best of luck to Luke Farrell of the Texas Rangers. This right-hander fell to the ground, but walked off the field under his own power. That's good news. He underwent a CT scan and x-rays, which revealed a non-displaced fracture in the jaw, released from the hospital a few hours later, and going to see a specialist today. He's 27 years old and entered his third MLB season this year. As a reliever, he was three and four with a 5.17 ERA in 20 games for the Cubs last season. But now, with the Texas Rangers, so we wish the best for Luke Farrell there in Arizona, recovering from a fractured jaw. We have a news of a new athletic director from Wake Forest, as W.F.U. has hired John Curry as the A.D. to replace longtime A.D. Ron Wellman, who's retiring. Wake Forest made this announcement yesterday. And Wellman's retirement is effective May 1st, and then that's when Curry will take over the position. Curry is a Wake Forest alum. He served as the AD at Kansas State from 2009 to 2017. And then he was actually at Tennessee until he was fired in December 2017 amid a controversial football coaching search. You might remember that. It was a disaster on Rocky Top and ended up firing him and ended up, I mean, just terrible. Phil Fulmer had to step in as the AD in Rocky Top Land after all that. But now taking over his alma mater, John Curry, the new AD set for Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons with a new man. Just down Tobacco Road from Winslow Salem and Chapel Hill, a quarterback on the North Carolina football team, Nathan Elliott, has decided to leave UNC to become a graduate assistant at Arkansas State. He made this announcement last Friday. He called it a difficult decision. He thanked UNC fans and former coach Larry Fedora for giving – This kid from a small Texas town, a shot to live out his dream. He started nine games for the Hills in a 2-9 and season back last year, throwing for nearly 2,200 yards and 11 touchdowns with nine interceptions. And UNC switched to freshman Cade Fortin and Jace Reuter and another sophomore at various points through the season. New coach Mack Brown said he had hoped Elliott would return, but understood the decision. But this young man, Nathan Elliott, leaving UNC with another year left to play to go on and become a graduate assistant for the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. Keeping it in Chapel Hill, we'll switch over to basketball. Did you see the video over the weekend of head basketball coach Roy Williams? He went down during UNC's basketball game at Little John Coliseum in Clemson, South Carolina over the weekend, and with 55 seconds to go before halftime, play was stopped as Coach Williams fell to one knee in front of UNC's bench and players' assistants, medical personnel, and others had to surround him before two individuals lifted him up and helped walk him back to the locker room. He waved to the crowd as he left the court, but North Carolina officials said at the start of the second half that Williams was feeling better, but he did not return to the game, which UNC barely won, but they did win 81-79 over Clemson. He's He's 68 years old, and he's been open about his bouts with vertigo, which causes dizzy spells and those who suffer from the condition. And he suffered a similar looking incident at Boston College three years ago. But Roy Williams with some vertigo-related problems there in Clemson over the weekend. And we wish the coach who's coached UNC to a couple of national titles all the best as he undergoes this fight with vertigo. More college basketball coaching news. The head coach of the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles in Cookville, Tennessee, Steve Payne, has resigned from his job, the school announced, on Sunday. Payne had been with Tennessee Tech since 2002, taking over as head coach in 2011 after nine seasons as an assistant coach, and they've not had the best season there. Payne failed to make the NCAA tournament in, in any of his eight seasons as head coach, and heading into this season, he had right at a 500 record, But the Golden Eagles have struggled this year. They finished at the bottom of the OVC standings, going 8 and 23 overall and 4 and 14 in league play. Tennessee Tech had lost nine games in a row before winning its season finale at Eastern Illinois on Saturday. But Tennessee Tech's coach Payne out in Cookville. Tennessee in the OVC. Basketball scores of note from the weekend. UVA ranked number two in the country. They defeated the Pitt Panthers 73-49. Duke took care of Miami at home 87-57. Tennessee got revenge on UK as the Vols defeated the Wildcats 71-52. We had, as we told you, North Carolina just got past Clemson over the weekend. Big upset in the Houston area as the Cougars went down to UCF, 69-64. Big upset that Houston had only had one loss on the season, and the Knights came into the Bayou City and took care of the Cougs by 5, 69-64. Texas Tech held on to defeat TCU. The Red Raiders in the top 15, 81-66. They win in Fort Worth and other southern scores lsu which is a top 15 team they took care of alabama on the road in tuscaloosa 74 69 kansas defeated oklahoma state by five 72 67 k state took care of baylor 66 to 60 florida state defeated nc state 78 73 Cincinnati defeated Memphis 71-69. The Wofford Terriers finished a perfect season in the Southern Conference. They defeated the Samford Bulldogs in Birmingham over the weekend 85-64. Congratulations to Wofford ranked number 24 in the country heading into the weekend's game. And the final Southern team in action in the top 25, the Maryland Terps ranked in the top 20. They fell at home to Michigan on Sunday 69-69. To 62. To golf, the Honda Classic was held at Palm Beach Gardens, Florida over the weekend. Congrats to first time winner Keith Mitchell. He grew up in the Chattanooga area, played for the Georgia Bulldogs golf team, and he carded a nine under on Sunday to win one stroke over Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. And this young man from the South, Mitchell, getting a paycheck of $1.2 million for his win. At the Honda Classic in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, this is the golf course that Jack Nicklaus, I think, designed and kind of this is his little tournament in Florida, at the PGA National Champion Course, and a great win there for Keith Mitchell. Now, speaking of the Golden Bear, did you see the image that came out over the weekend? He appeared on a golf course with a guy by the name of Kid Rock, and Kid Rock is a darn good golfer. Kid Rock, the singer and golfer, hit a hole in one and Jack Nicholas witnessed it. Unbelievable. I believe Gary Player was also part of that foursome or was involved. With. I heard Jack Nicholas interviewed Sunday on NBC talking about it, and I think he mentioned Gary Player's name, but Jack there there was a photo that went out with Kid Rock and Jack Nicholas. I think this happened Saturday. But <laughs> Kid Rock with a hole in one. Isn't that amazing? Isn't I mean that's why golf is so cool. And speaking of this tournament that Jack that his tournament there in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, yeah, Keith Mitchell won with a nine under. That's great. Brooks Kepka, who lives down the road in Jupiter, he was one stroke behind. Ricky Fowler, a fan favorite, almost won this thing. But then you had a kid like Lucas Glover, and I shouldn't say kid. Here's a guy that's almost forty years old, but he hasn't really done that well. In fact, he won the US Open at one point. And he's a South Carolina native. He played golf at Clemson. He's got a big old orange tiger pile on his golf bag. But he kind of fell off the radar. In fact, Lucas, Lucas Glover had to go back to the web.com tour to get his golf game back to swing. And he finished in a tie for fourth in this tournament over the weekend. But the real story here is VJ Singh. VJ Singh in the last couple of holes was tied for the lead. VJ Singh is 56 years old, I think and he almost pulled off the tournament win by the oldest player in PGA history. It didn't happen, but he was only three strokes off from doing that on Sunday, and I guess fell apart in the last couple of holes because when I tuned in, he was tied, but he didn't do too well. Jim Furyk, he's also a kind of an older fella, and Furick was tied for ninth in this tournament at 400. So a great, great event for golf over this weekend and made people tune in to the Honda Classic, And Keith Mitchell is your winner of the tournament there from the Golden Bears course in Florida. Now, what is coming up this week in golf? It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by MasterCard, and it takes place also in Florida. Rory McIlroy is the defending champ of that particular golf tournament. What's the first big major to come up? It's the Masters. Masters is only about a month away, April 11th through 14th. They'll be on magnolia row i think it's what it's called at augusta national and augusta georgia patrick reed your defending masters champ that tournament just a few weeks away cannot wait in fact if you go to the y'all show twitter page you'll see a tweet that i put out the other day of someone who was sitting at a piano playing the masters theme and oh it just fires me up i love that song and frankly i love the masters even though i've not been to it I'm looking forward to it. NASCAR, before we head out of here and bring on Jerry, congratulations to Joey Logano. He held off Brad Kozlowski and won at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday. And congrats to him and a big win there for Logano in the world of NASCAR. When we come back on the Y'all Show, the teller of tales from Takapola is coming our way. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a down-home Southern accent. And now, a quick
1: comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail?
2: Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone. Um, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or
1: something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper.
2: Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial
1: There's 3. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free. At grasshopper.com. Keeps coming. You know what to
2: do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this band aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's
1: N-I-C-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.
0: We're back, y'all. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. It's Mondays. Mondays mean the teller of tales from Takapola Way. It's short stories with Mr. Takapola himself, Jerry Short, joining us now on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hello, Jerry.
6: What's going on, John? Thought happening up your way?
0: Well, a lot's happening, and everybody across the South, at least, uh, let's just say in the Catholic areas of our country, are getting ready for a big fat Tuesday and Ooh, big celebration. I'm going to talk to you about Mardi Gras after we first talk about something that I wanted to get off your chest, because I have read stories, Jerry. First of all, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of rude of me to start talking, but... Let's,
6: let's see what, what this conversation goes about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Then you'll hang up. But no, there's been some headlines here, Jerry, on the show that I've read. And I I kind of put a little note to self. Ask Jerry Short about that. We read not long ago on this show about a school district in Rock Hill, South Carolina, just south of Charlotte, North Carolina where kids there learned how to pick cotton and one kid went home and told their parent about it and it created a big controversy and the people that were teaching the cotton picking were actually people of a minority they were black and they were all teaching these kids there in the rock hill school district because of the great depression and these young these i guess these men teaching grew up in a portion of the great depression and this was being taught at a former all-black school in the days before integration so that was one story related to cotton picking and then in just the last couple of days we read a story about the first lady of virginia first lady northam there she got into trouble because they were doing something related to cotton picking at the governor's mansion in richmond virginia and so
6: i think i heard it
0: (laughs) cotton picking back uh, in the news for that. So, Jerry, what in the world? What in the world? Cotton picking is going on when it comes to cotton picking, and the stereotype. I know slavery was a bad thing. We can all agree on that, of course. As a Southerner, I have to defend the fact that slavery's kind of been a worldwide thing. It's not like the South created it on its own. But I will go ahead and say, yes, of course, it's a bad thing. It remains in this world we live in. We still have forms of slavery, but a lot of people don't realize that cotton was picked. Well, after 1865, when slavery was abolished here in this country, and a lot of people of all races in the South grew up picking cotton. You probably know a thing or two about picking cotton.
6: I uh, picked some cotton. I never have picked 500 pounds a day, but uh, my mother made me a sack that was about uh, four feet long when I was five or six years old. I guess that was for fun. like kids play with a computer now. But I got in the field with my daddy and and some Afro Americans and some white sharecroppers and Pedro and we uh we picked cotton and I'd like to hang I used to hang around the old we had mule and wagons and we'd put the cotton in the wagon and weigh it on the P V scale and, and you know, I was kind of assigned that at a young age to uh, weigh those cotton sacks on that P V scale and put that uh weight uh, clamp around it and see what it weighed and uh, hollered it out. And my daddy would write it down. But uh, he could probably knock out 500 pounds a day, just like they requested you to do over at Parchment Pen- Penitentiary Farm. Is that right? They expected you to get 500 pounds a day over there if you were uh, incarcerated in, uh, in the state penitentiary. Hmm. So uh, anyway, I, you know, it's hard. Um and when you're picking cotton, well, just let me back up a second, and then I'll talk about Hardy. You know, uh, one of the most famous cotton pickers, and he had to—he quit school in the fifth grade, the best I remember, because he's one of my kind of semi heroes, Audie Murphy, and he's the most decorated American combat soldier, I guess, uh, of all time. He single-handedly, in the movie, anyway. He bought off a whole company of Germans and it's the Hell and Back movie of his autobiography. Yeah. Audie Murphy
0: grew up in Texas, right?
6: He grew up in Northeast Texas, not too far from uh, Texas County. And, uh, so up there on the Red River and he got a museum there. Uh, and I've been threatening to stop every time I go up Interstate 35, but I never have stopped and there'll be a sign saying Audie Murphy Museum. But what I was going to say, I, I, he picked, he quit school. I think in the fourth or fifth grade, to pick cotton because he was from a family of twelve, and his daddy had left him and deserted him as a sharecropper. I think, and he picked cotton to help support his family, and did other jobs. Now, you know, this guy it didn't it didn't kill him later on in life. He went on probably and did fifty darn westerns after uh, to Hell and Back movie and playing himself and i think he had a drinking problem and no he didn't have a drinking problem i think he had a gambling problem and i think he he was in a killed in a plane crash best i remember but you know that's not, that's me to hear that we're talking about picking cotton but you know and and who else have i heard of pick cotton oh uh, johnny cash johnny cash talked about picking cotton and uh, on the farms in arkansas and I think I uh, what stood out in my mind was Johnny Cash, because I knew it was right, because it happened a little bit to me. Uh, those bowls get really, when they open up, they get really hard. And uh, the plant part of the bowl, not the cotton fabric, and uh, if you reach in there with your fingers and you don't go ahead and circle around that uh, bowl when you're picking that cotton, mm-hmm. you'll jab, it's like jabbing needles in the end of your fingers. And I think I remember Johnny Cash saying, that he had bloody fingers all the time from jabbing that um, bowl of that cotton when that bowl opened up. But uh, there's two people there that uh, turned out pretty doggone good that pick cotton. And, uh, and like I said, you know, when you was mentioning the Civil War and pre-slavery and slavery, you know, and I was thinking pre-slavery, even going back uh, to that, um, cotton's been around for, it was in Egypt, like two or three thousand years ago, or maybe further back than that. I don't, I, mean, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember, you know, studying about cotton being in Egypt. Cotton grows wild, you know. You plant cotton, uh, and you have to plow it under to keep disease and that awful boll weevil from getting a hold of it. Which that was really bad, and we used to use insecticide, and the government knocked that out, DDT, and. Uh, Uh, they knocked it out. They said it was polluted and it would uh, stay in the air and it would stay airborne for a long time and fly everywhere and and it was polluting the country and blah, blah, blah. It was probably one of the best pesticides we ever had for anything. Uh, But anyway, uh, picking cotton is hard work. I've done harder. Let me just just say that. As hard as picking cotton is because if you got a bad back, you got to lay down between them cotton rows and those cotton rows and lay between those cotton stalks and pick that cotton. And, uh, if you, if you can go ahead and get on up on those knees and drag a longer sack than my little old four foot sack, you know, uh, probably need about a eight foot sack or 10 foot sack. If you man enough to pick a lot of cotton and uh, get it to the wagon and take it to the gin we can separate that uh those seeds and all from that cotton but uh i know it used to scare me We'd we take it to the wagon and the mule wagon you know we were we were kind of we were on a farm this is this incident in the 50s but
0: and not the uh, 1850s the 1950s right
6: yeah i don't jump to hell to release that part but we'd take it to oxford to the gin the gin was right out of town and I'd get up in the back of the pickup, and we had high side planks on it. We took it and exchanged it from the wagon, mule wagon, over to the pickup and a trailer behind the pickup. and They had a a vacuum pipe that would go down in there, and you would hold it, and you'd have to hold it, and then suck all that cotton out, suck it into the gin Mm -hmm. where they could go ahead and separate those seeds and all. And uh, I'd do that. I, I really like doing that better than picking cotton. But then, then I had a friend in another town I lived in, said, and we were playing. His daddy was a ginner and had a cotton gin. We were playing back in the back where the seeds would go and they'd separate the seeds from the cotton. And, uh, we'd get, we were back there and the door was locked and they started, they kicked off the cotton gin and our It started blowing seeds and we couldn't get out of there and we had to fight our way through seeds and jump out a back window somewhere so i guess cotton can get you a lot of different ways but you know i always enjoyed playing around cotton and jumping over in that soft cotton and jumping down that wagon and, and you know my picking days i'd go back and try to help them sometime we wouldn't have a lot of cotton on when i was older because daddy had uh, cattle mostly but uh, for some reason he liked cotton and he'd used to plant about 40 acres of cotton to make sure it had some cotton. Hmm. And uh, so he didn't have a, I don't think that one row cotton picker was invented until about probably the 40 or 30s, late 30s or something. He wasn't too good. They finally got a six row picker, but we never had any of those. And anyway, I would, I would try to pick what I could pick. You know, see, I think maybe I picked 250, 300 pounds one day in an eight hour picking off. But, you know, I wasn't a professional picker by any means. And, But it didn't hurt me. I guess there's a point we're getting at. Well,
0: it's a point that you're getting at. And also, I want to stress that cotton is a crop that has been harvested, as you said, all over the world. But in the South, every Southern state has some legacy with cotton in the Civil War time period and even after the Civil War time period. A lot of these states have cotton as a big product here in 2019. And I don't think they do it with a mule and by hand today like they did when you were growing up.
6: Well, they don't even, you know, now they got round bales and and they, you don't have to have hardly any labor and just a forklift uh tractor with a fork on the front of it and load it on a truck and put eight or ten big round bales on and you're gone off to market. You don't even have the cotton gins like we used to. You know, I don't know if the cotton, you know, I haven't done any research on it, but Evidently, they're getting those seeds out some kind of way because you got to have the seeds to uh, uh, replant the next season. And our boll weevils are coming. And we battled. You know, the pesticide almost got rid of the boll weevil. And uh, we were close to getting rid of it. And then we started putting traps out and different type pesticides that weren't as strong. But we just about eliminated. Now, they, the boll weevil, they honor the boll weevil in, what is it, Enterprise, Alabama? I think they have a statue down there. Downtown of a, of a boll weevil
2: mm-hmm.
6: in Enterprise, Alabama. And I don't know if that's honoring or what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to have to take it down or not, if it spins the boll weevils that are left or how they're going to do it. But they have a big boll weevil right downtown, Enterprise, Alabama. And, uh, but anyway, back to, uh, you know, getting rid of the boll weevil and all that destruction cost us, cost us southerner farmers. It, it kind of, the small farmer put him out of business, the bow weevil did. You know, they like a lava, and they're in the ground, and they can winterize through there, and then they come out, and then when, before the bowl starts blooming, they'll start eating on that, and then they'll eat the bloom, and then they'll lay eggs. The females will lay eggs, and the darn males will eat the leaves, and then they'll eat everything, you know, and they'll kill the plant. They'll kill the stalk. And uh, like I said, I think I think that uh, in a lot of countries, in a know, um, in a climate that's uh, kind of tropical or subtropical, uh, a uh, uh, plants, cotton plants, will grow wild and come back. And the reason that we plow our, our ground up over here is to try to keep uh, the disease and fight that dog and bow weevil. And it came out of Mexico probably in the 1800s and was all over America by the mid 20s, I think, all over, all the way to North Carolina and Virginia by then it's like everything comes from that area it's the pine beetle as far as killing pine trees it remember the first ones of those i saw and they kill millions of men They're just the cousin of the bow weevil hmm. you get a weevil in your dog gun flower at your house if you're not careful
0: right well, yeah, we don't we don't so. like weevils here on the y'all show of any type And, Jerry, one of the reasons we're talking with Jerry Short here, the teller of tales from Ty Coppola, is because one reason I wanted to bring this subject up with you is because there is a stigma on cotton. That if it's about cotton, it's always about how terrible slavery was. And I just want to kind of let people know that, yes, it was terrible in the days of slavery. No doubt about it. But – For 170 years almost, cotton has had a non-slave attachment here in the Southeast, and a lot of people, white and black, have really struggled with cotton. And one thing, I don't want to spend too much time on this. It's actually a subject that we need to talk about in a whole other time, Jerry. But you mentioned sharecropping, and I've got sharecropping blood in me Most southerners somewhere in their lineage have sharecropping. And for those Mm -hmm. who aren't familiar with that term, what is the Jerry Short definition of sharecropping?
6: Well, that would be a poor anybody, white, black, or polka dot, that's not a landowner uh, looking for just part-time work, and he's got to work on a farm uh, in the crop, and he'll share a percentage for his labor. It's kind of like bartering. And, uh, so if you go out there and you're picking, uh, cotton and the man makes 50 bales, you might get two bales or three bales, you know? So that's the sh- your share. And you, you know, really it was, it's so little amount of money that you probably didn't even really keep up with what your production was because you're just trying to survive as a sharecropper. And, you know, we've been that, uh, White, black, and both, it's mostly people that just don't own land. And it brings me to the point that pre-Civil War days, at least 40% of all the cotton was picked by white sharecroppers. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. And people do not even take that into consideration that uh, whites were picking that. And they got paid a penance in... uh, but they couldn't pay' them much because they had to keep the pay in line with the slave trading pay so but there they were side by side shoulder to shoulder in the fields, picking cotton in places and uh you know that one that was that was kind of a share crop you got a house and you got some food, but that was all you got when you were uh uh eighteen four eight say eighteen forty fifty something like that and uh but anyway, that did go on, and it's, as it goes on today, they still have sharecroppers. And, you know, they, you call them a farm worker, but what they're doing, you know, they're still trading their labor for farm
0: work. And a place and, to stay. Uh,
6: yeah, and that's it. That's right. And that's what it gets you. You know, on our farm, we weren't wealthy, but my granddaddy had probably seven or eight uh, tenant houses. And just tell you how we treated people. When I, when my daddy, I was, I'm a first baby boomer, 46. I lived in a tent that we set up in the side yard of my granddaddy's house because they didn't want to move any, uh, any of the help who were Afro Americans, all of them were living in those tenant houses, which were better than ours. They didn't have indoor plumbing. But they were better than what we had in a tent. And then we we waited for the next season to move into one of those tent houses. I don't believe that. I got pictures to back it <laughs> up and prove You, know, it, you were raising a in tent.
0: Anywhere. Are you trying to tell this audience you were raising a tent My in Tacopola? Baby
6: picture in a tent is one of those big military tents. We used side, we used uh, uh, from a sawmill, we used to hang old, old slab cuts pieces. And pull a wall up about three feet around it or four feet. It was a, a bridge pole across the top and then a couple of poles in the middle. My baby picture, I'm laying in a bed. Uh, I guess it be double, triple X rated for me. But uh, you know how you used to take your baby pictures in those days laying on a bed? And you would be nude. And uh, that's where mine is. And you can tell it's in a tent. The uh, uh, a frame of the tent comes down on one end, and there I lay. So, you know, we didn't. uh Bottom line was, we wanted to crop in, and if you had to live in a tent, dog it you lived in a tent.
0: Well, there was a fellow who was born in a manger one time. I think a I tent. So. A tent must be just below that, because
6: uh, <laughs> I think it is below. It because <laughs> we had a pretty good bed, I think, but that was about all that was in that tent. And, might have had a wood burning stove up <laughs> the other side. But my daddy just got back from Germany and I didn't bother him. Now my mother wasn't too happy and I didn't know any different.
0: Yeah, that's right well i think you came out all right i think jerry short is our guest here it's short stories with the teller of tales from takapola we're gonna go to a break now come back and talk about mardi gras with jerry but hey i will confess as this song that we're playing right now it's my life story i grew up on a farm i know how to cut collard greens i know how to pick squash and green onions but y'all i ain't ever picked cotton and Roy Clark had this big song back in 1970 that if all of you listening never pick cotton, this one's for you. We'll be right back with the tale Tell of Tales from Takapola. This is the Y'all Show.
5: I never picked cotton.
6: But my mother did and my brother did and my sister did and my daddy died young. Working in the coal mine.
4: And caller number nine for one million dollars. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of chocolate. Uh... Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number ten.
2: Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile, super-reliable, super-fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save.
1: Offer ends 4-15-19. First line is $100 a month. Lines 2-4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Plus. Music it up to 500 kilobits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. GEICO presents unhelpful home improvement how-to's.
4: A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls.
1: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Rolaids
4: presents The Heartburn Blues
3: (sighs) So the kids decided to cut their own hair today And somebody's ink pen exploded in the wash And family fajita night left me with the heartburn blues But Rolaids made it all fine
4: AIDS starts working as fast as now So you can take control of even your worst heartburn Get your groove back with Rolaids Refers to acid neutralization Use as directed
0: Welcome to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with John Raw. We've got Jerry Short from Takapola Way joining us here in our final segment of this Monday edition. We've been talking about picking cotton and sharecropping. And now, Jerry, tomorrow, at least for a lot of the South, it's kind of a national holiday. In fact, I know there's some places in Louisiana and Mississippi it's actually a holiday. Kids don't even go to school tomorrow. It's Fat Tuesday. So happy, yes, happy early Fat Tuesday to you.
6: Well, I appreciate that. And uh, my first introduction, if you want me to get started on Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras and all of that, I went to South Louisiana working uh, in the summer of 64. And uh, I got introduced that year as it come around to 65 was the first Mardi Gras. But the girl that I was dating, uh, they were out of school on that Tuesday. I'd never heard of such a thing. You know, we never got out of school for Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, as you call it. And then, you know, it followed up by Ash Wednesday the next morning. So you better cut up and, uh, on Fat Tuesday. So we went, we were close to New Orleans. We were over around Thibodeau, Morgan City, Lockport, Bayou Lafouche and all that good stuff, Assumption, Napoleonville. And, uh, so, uh, we went to Mardi Gras and on Canal Street and i'm sure it well i know it's changed i'll get to that in a little bit in a second but uh we went down there and they were having the um wrecks parade and it was busting out and people were running up and catching beads and you know then it was just more of a crowd control and craziness and al hurt blowing his trumpet on the on a float coming by and people throwing stuff i think one time somebody threw a brick band hit al hurt in the face and knocked his trumpet out of his hand. But uh and it have Pete Fountain and those kind of people like that would be on there. So anyway we uh we enjoyed that and had good times and you know I know it was one crowd at uh the girl I was with they tried to push her down and push her over and I had to be a a right for just a little bit to try to get that under control but we got all that under control and and in it what amazed me so much is the way you know they actually do go ahead and they fat Tuesday it up. They uh, they don't hold back having a good time because they're getting ready for six weeks of Lent, and you have to give up something. Now, I didn't know a few people that gave up snow skiing, and it's not much snow skiing <laughs> in that in But but whatever whatever they wanted to give up, they you know they would. Some people would be serious. You know, seemed like all the girls were real serious what they'd give up. A lot of times you couldn't eat meat. you know. It's all Catholic, just about hundred percent. Down there in that country when I was there in 64 and 65 and 66, whatever years I was down there. But anyway, they, uh, they would give up maybe, uh, no meat at all for the whole six months, six weeks, rather. And, uh, but it was tough on Bourbon Street. You know, I remember it. You go right up to midnight and then they shut it down and we went home. And then there, were Ash Wednesdays the next day and you're right there it's a holy day of obligation for them and for the catholic uh, uh faith and they're right there getting uh ashes put on their forehead and uh and so they take a lot of time off for school it's a holiday and so i hadn't i really hadn't been to mardi gras that was in 65 that first one i guess so the next mardi gras i went to was when uh the University of Mississippi at Mississippi, un, uh, University of Mississippi town location, I think. Yeah, U- M- that? U-M. UM-UM. That's right. It's not Oxford. It's actually, they got their own post office and everything that too. So that's what it is. So anyway, uh, we, we, we I'll say, oh, this UMUM, they had hired a coach from South Louisiana who talked with a deep, they uh, played on football. And, uh, accents, you know, and and yeah. So, coach
0: O, Ed Orgeron.
6: It'd be Coach O. it just our Coach O. So I did freelance and free work for a uh, newspaper, a local newspaper. I went down to do a story on Coach O, which is daddy and people over at, uh, Lockport and LaRose Cutoff and, and down that way. And he actually had played with Bobby Abear and all that bunch. So I got down there and his daddy had a, Rebel flag flying in his front yard. Right after he got hired, he didn't know the rules. I don't get, it. Huh. but uh, I was able to find him and talk to him and spend some time over there and enjoy that. So, just so happened that uh, that was Fat Tuesday, and I, uh, I, you know, I hadn't even planned it, but I'm I'm not very far from New Orleans on the south end down at Bayou Lafourche, and so I, I cut across uh, 190 or 90 and came across the bridge and went into New Orleans and and got a hotel room and decided I was just going to watch. And goodness gracious, uh, Mr. John, you have never seen such a change from whatever year that was, however many years that was. It was like I was in the deepest uh, sin den in the world on you, Bourbon Street. You
0: said sin den, den, Sin
6: den, right. It was unbelievable what was going on up and down that street and what they were doing, and what the young ladies were doing on the uh, balconies as you walk by and people would throw them beads and they would unclose from the top up. But uh, it was really uh, a sight to behold. And uh, of course you had people that were trying to, you know, you had religious groups that come just for that to try to convert people and make sure that they don't take part. In, some of the stuff that was going on because it really gets out of hand now and you know they'll have a few murders down there and uh it's like it just passes on by kind of like chicago i guess uh it's but down there they'll let you you can be stone cold uh intoxicated. probably a full point on you (laughs) if they did a a sobriety test on you or something but as long as you could as long as you could prop up and they could hold you up against the wall and you weren't laying on the ground you could stay there as long as you want to and drink as much you want to and holler and cuss as much as you want to and i saw things that i still don't believe to this day but uh stuff we won't talk about but anyway it was uh it was an experience and if anybody wants to go to mardi gras you know, you're going down there and you need to use the slogan that they use in Vegas. You need to say, what happens in NOLA stays in NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana. What happens there stays there. Don't bring it home with you because your people in your hometown, they don't want to, they don't, they may want to hear it, but they don't need to hear it. And you're better off if they don't hear what goes on down there. So
0: sounds like it, people bring back, quite, diz- sounds like people bring uh-huh. back diseases the way you were setting it up.
6: Well, it would be very possible. And, uh, (laughs) you know, if you, if you fell into some of those traps and their traps are there and, uh, they're of all types and, uh, male, female and combination male, females. Hmm. And, uh, they're up and down the street just constantly parading around and trying to entice you into a trap of some type. Yeah. You know, it might be they want to hit you over the head and take your, $1.50 $1.50 and fifty cents, or whatever you have, they might steal your car if you're not careful. You better make sure it's parked somewhere, or you'll be it'll be keyed. I've seen them walk down the street just keying cars to pieces. Golly! And then, of course, then the cops would get over on the side. And I park my vehicle uh, uh, usually in uh, when I'm down in New Orleans, not Mardi Gras or whatever. I'll put it in a parking garage if I can because. It's not really good to leave it on the streets. So I know New Orleans is famous and if you're watching a uh if they want a Super Bowl down there because everybody can go down there and have just this great time and you know, it just depends on what a great time is, I guess, John. Well, yeah. New Orleans
0: I think is a trashy city for the most part. I wanna also point out there's certainly fat tuesday and other mardi gras celebrations beyond the crescent city you've got long traditions of having mardi gras fat tuesday events at other towns in louisiana i know in past christian mississippi they have a big parade there mobile alabama is actually where mardi gras in this country started, started. So that's right want to give all those towns shouts out i know galveston texas has had stuff pensacola's had stuff all those gulf coast communities but it's fat tuesday time y'all well and in Joy, well, if talking, that means something to you.
6: Let me, let me tell you one thing right quick. While I'm talking so bad about uh, New Orleans, Natchez had a Mardi Gras once upon a time that they had to stop and cease. Really? Because it got so out of control, and so, and this has been a long time ago. It's probably, you know, it may have been the turn of the century, the other century, the 20th century. But it got so bad down in New, in Natchez, Mississippi, that they had to shut it completely down. And in some places, it's just fun. You know, like you were pointing out, Thibodeau has a good parade and people just throw beads and ride on floats. And some of those other smaller, they have them on down the Bay Lafourche and Homer and Morgan City and those places in South Louisiana, Lake Charles. I think it goes. And like you just mentioned, I think Galveston, uh, is a, has a pretty good parade over there too. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it, but it is, and a lot goes with this time of the year. You know, you've got uh, Ash Wednesday, like I said, coming up Wednesday, and you got Holy Thursday the next day, and then here comes Good Friday. Before you know so, it. Uh, Yep Yeah. Jerry,
0: so, Jerry, fruit. thank you. Happy early Fat Tuesday to you, and maybe you'll get the baby in your king cake, and uh, you'll treat us all next year. Thank you so much. We enjoyed our time with you as we talk picking cotton and a little Mardi Gras.
6: A little growl. Yep. All right. Fat Tuesday to you. All right. Jerry Short, everybody.
0: Well, that will put a bow and a big old Mardi Gras green, purple, and gold bow on this y'all show. And we'll be back right with you on Tuesday for more great Southern talk. We'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Heerman, dropping by for an awesome report about barbecue. In fact, something tells me he's going to put a little Fat Tuesday spin on to his report. We'll also continue our CRS tapes discussion as we have more interviews from Nashville. That's all coming on the Tuesday Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawl. Thanks for listening today.
1: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N-I-C-E
1: to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone
4: system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.